Thanks for listening to the All Nations Church podcast. Enjoy this week's message from James Aubrey. We hope it leads you into a deeper relationship with Jesus and empowers you to advance the kingdom of God in your community. If you'd like to find out more, head to allnationschurch.org.uk slash podcast. Well, hello everyone. Greetings to our All Nations Church family and to everyone watching around the world. Thank you for joining us, however you're watching, wherever you are in the future, wherever you are now. It's really great to be with you. It's such a privilege. And if we've not met before, my name's James and sending you all my love from, from me and my, from my family. We're in uh, an exciting season as a church here in Cardiff because we have begun a journey looking together at the theme, the king and his kingdom. The king and his kingdom. And it is so reassuring to know in a season where the world is characterized by pandemic, by panic, by protest, that we as believers in the Lord Jesus are part of a kingdom that is eternal, that is ever increasing, and that is unshakable. And so there may be things going on outside, there may be things going on in your world, there may be things going on in your street, in your workplace, that could cause concern, but it's a wonderful thing to know as Christians that Jesus Christ, who lives in our hearts, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when the Bible talks about the kingdom of God, it's talking about the rule, the reign, the government, the kingship of God. It's talking about this very simple thing, that God is totally in control. Wherever you are, however you're watching today, just say that for me. God is totally in control. If you're watching right now and you're watching on your laptop on YouTube, just type that in the chat for me. God is totally in control. Spelling mistakes are allowed. There's grace here. Uh, get your phone out. I let you get your phone out while I'm preaching. I'm, I'm really that generous. And you know, send that, that message to a friend who needs to hear it today. God is totally in control. If you're in a WhatsApp group with friends in the church or in your life group, just send that to someone right now. God is totally in control. Because that is the truth, my friends. That the kingdom of God is eternal, it's ever-increasing, and it's unshakable. And our God is totally in control. And when we read in the word of God about the kingdom of God, we're talking about his rule, his reign, his government. We're talking about his will being done. And our Lord Jesus taught us to pray, our Father in heaven, may your name be honored as holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's when we see the kingdom of God come when we do the will of our Father who is in heaven. Not when we know his will, not when we write it down in our notebooks or uh, tap it into our phones, but when we then take that knowledge and put it into practice. And God is doing that in our lives and through our lives all the time. This week, I had a phone call from someone in the church saying, please, would you come, to, uh, w- w- would you come and pray for our son because he's sick? So, obeying all safety procedures and all Welsh government guidelines, I had the opportunity to go and at a safe distance pray for a young man who was sick in his body. And yesterday, uh, he got in touch with me to say, I just want you to let you know, Jesus has healed me. The kingdom of God came into that young man's life. Because where, where God moves, there's no sickness, no pain, only life. Now, we have said so far this year that the best way we can see the kingdom of God is by taking a really good look at its king. 
And so that's what we're going to continue to do this morning. And so I'd like you to open your Bibles with me, please, to the Gospel of Matthew. You might remember at the start of the year that Josh Scaife encouraged us to read the Gospel of Matthew this month. And I hope that you've been doing that and enjoying it. If you haven't started already, don't worry, there's still plenty of time. If you started reading Matthew's Gospel today and read it for maybe 20 minutes each day this week, you'd have it finished by this time next week. You could forego one episode of your favorite show on Netflix and you could read Matthew's Gospel and you'd find it's a great adventure story all about Jesus and his kingdom. And we're going to read a story that is very familiar to us, very familiar because uh, we usually equate it with the Christmas story. And in fact, we as a church looked at it before Christmas together. It's in Matthew chapter 2, but it is so significant for us, for our life in the kingdom, that I hope you don't mind that we're going to look at it again. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 2 and verses 1 to 11. I'm going to read from the New International Version of the Bible. Verse 1 says this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. You, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Let's just pray a moment, shall we? Father, we want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for the power that's in your word and the revelation of the Lord Jesus that's in your word. Open it to us as we look at it afresh this morning. Amen. So this story begins, as so much of the early chapters of Matthew begin, by focusing on Jesus as the king. Already in Matthew 1, we've met Jesus, who's the son of David, the son of Abraham, the descendant of King David. And here in this story, we find uh, visitors come to Jerusalem, magi, wise men, and they say, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? And that causes a problem, causes a problem in Jerusalem and it causes a problem in particular because there's a man already in Jerusalem who claims to be the king of the Jews, who claims to be the king of Judea. His name's Herod. But Herod was a political king. He had become king because he had made uh, alliances with the Roman Empire, because he had used force, he'd used warfare to invade and become the king of this particular region. And so when these 
foreigners, when these magi arrive in Jerusalem and say, where is he who has been born king? Immediately, there's a threat. And immediately, the Lord Jesus is presented to us as a king different from any other king you could ever meet. Because our Lord Jesus, who is the true king of the Jews, the true king of Israel, the true king of the kingdom of God, our Lord Jesus was born a king. And you'll never meet another king who was born a king. Every other king you can think of becomes king either by inheriting their kingdom or by invading someone else's kingdom. Just think of the heirs to our throne in the United Kingdom right now. We have Prince Charles and Prince William and Prince George. They're all heirs to the throne that our Queen Elizabeth currently sits upon. None of them were born a king, but one of them will become king when Queen Elizabeth dies and so on and so forth. But our Lord Jesus wasn't born merely a prince. He was born a king. And he didn't come to take someone else's kingdom. He came to claim what was rightfully always his. He has always been a king. He always will be a king. And just think about this for a second. Everything he did in the Gospels, he did as a king. Every breath he took, he took as a king. Every miracle he performed, he performed it as a king. Every time he took a child in his arms and blessed them, when he washed the feet of his disciples, when he forgave the tax collectors and sinners, he did it all as a king. When he died for you and for me upon the cross, he did it as a king. There's no other king like the Lord Jesus because he has always been a king and he always will be a king. And these foreigners, these magi, these wise men come to Jerusalem and they say, we have seen in the sky a star pointing to this king and we have come to worship him. We've seen, we've had a revelation We've had an insight and we have come to worship this king. I'd love to tell you what the star means. I'd love to tell you where they saw it. I'd love to tell you how it came about, but I just don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. In fact, the Bible doesn't really tell us who these men were. We don't know how many they were. We, we don't know, were they philosophers or astrologers or kingmakers? All we know is that they came from the east. And there's a reason for that, a very simple reason. The focus of the story isn't the Magi. The focus of the story isn't the star. The focus of the story is the king. We have come, they say, to worship him. The wise men, <clears throat> as the story goes on, weren't interested in theory. They weren't interested merely in seeing a star from afar and knowing that the king had been born. When they got to Jerusalem, they weren't content just to know from the Hebrew scriptures that this king, this Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem. They weren't content to know in their minds or see from afar, they traveled to meet this king face to face. They had come to meet him, and when they met him, they were going to worship him. These magi, these wise men, weren't even in search of a kingdom. They were seeking its king. And all of our understanding and all of our appreciation of the kingdom of God begins by seeing the king. 
When Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, he's talking not only about the rule of God, he's actually talking about himself. For us to seek first the kingdom is to seek first the king. And there is only one king, and his name is Jesus. And I want to say to you today that the Lord Jesus, he will not share the throne of your life with you, but he will invite you to come and sit on his throne. He's a wonderful king, but he's unique, and he won't share his king with anyone else. Now, the story of Jesus told in Matthew's gospel involves so many people coming to him, so many people following him, so many people interacting with him, and so often they come to him with huge demands, with life-changing questions. They come to him in moments of crisis and panic. People come to him and say, please will you heal my servant? Please will you bless my child? Please will you forgive me my sins? Please, please help me. But these wise men who come to Jesus before anyone comes to ask him for anything, come to him to worship him, to give him something, to bring him a treasure. And there is much for us to enjoy, friends. There's much for us to discover about all the blessings of being in the kingdom, of the rights and the responsibilities of being a citizen of the kingdom, of the fact that God promises to look after us and provide for us and fulfill our dreams and help us achieve his purpose. It's a wonderful thing to know that in the kingdom, he wants you to be well, spirit, soul, and body. But before we ask our king for anything, let's be like the wise men who come and offer the king everything. And I just want to draw out three things very quickly this morning that changed for the wise men when they saw the star, when they had a revelation of the king. Three things that moved them. They're very simple, they're very obvious, but I believe they apply to us all. The very first thing is this. They were moved physically. Sounds a strange thing to say to people who are probably watching this at home in lockdown knowing that your movement is restricted. Many of you will be working from home or trying to teach your children at home or desperately looking for excuses to get outside. <laughs> but when we see the king, we're moved physically. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean this first and foremost. A change comes into our lives. We are changed by seeing him. Tim brought this out last week, didn't he? When he talked to us from Isaiah 6, when Isaiah sees the king, immediately things change for Isaiah. And when we see the king, when we have a revelation of the king, we see that things have to change. And for us all, how we think, how we speak, how we act, what we do with our money, what we do with our possessions, what we do with our time, what we do with our lives, how we work, how we study, how I look after this physical body, all of it is affected by our revelation of the king. Do you know, I want to use my mind, I want to use my words, I want to use my body in such a way that I constantly glorify the king. I want to use my, my money, my, my time, whatever work I'm given to do, to glorify the king. 
And I pray that you would see King Jesus today. And I pray that you will be moved, that you'll be stimulated and be willing to follow him and change regardless of the cost, regardless of the demands. Because not only were the wise men moved physically when they saw the king's star, they were moved emotionally. It says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy when they saw the star. I loved what Amy said to us this morning when she was leading us in the breaking of bread. Just because the pandemic's on doesn't mean that joy is cancelled. Isn't that fantastic? You see, these wise men, these magi, travelled so far for so long to find this king. And when they finally got to the place where he was, there was no disappointment. There was no frustration. There was no regret. There was no doubt. There was no wishing they could go back. But when they saw the king, when they saw his star, when they realized they'd arrived in his presence, they were filled (laughs) with exceedingly great joy. I don't know what this year has been like for you. For, uh, For friends and family, I know for many it's been very difficult. It's been very busy. It's been very demanding. But when I look back on the last 12 months of my life, I would have to say that the most precious things to me have been the things that Jesus has shown me about himself. Maybe I'll have a chance to talk to you about them another time, but I can think of two or three verses in the Gospels that have just come alive to me in a new way, all about the person of Jesus himself. And I'm so grateful that in the midst of such an uncertain time in the world, we serve a God who is alive, who is speaking, and who is never, ever, ever a disappointment to those who seek and find him. I dare you to do that this week, friends, regardless of how busy life may be, regardless of how difficult working from home may be, regardless of how challenging it may be, trying to homeschool your kids, regardless of how genuinely lonely you might be finding it if you're living on your own and not seeing people. Just take a moment, take an extra moment to turn your eyes towards Jesus. I guarantee you what you see of him, what you hear from him, what you learn from him in his word will not disappoint you. It will sustain you. They were moved physically. They were moved emotionally. And finally, these wise men, these magi, these foreigners, were moved sacrificially. When they saw the king, when they arrived in his presence, they didn't go, this is a child. This is a toddler. He, He can't feed himself. No, when they arrived and saw this king, they recognized him for who he was and they bowed down and they worshiped him. What's more, they brought him treasure. They brought treasure. And from that treasure, they gave him gifts, gold and incense and myrrh. I don't know everything that those things represent. I don't know all the reasons why those were the gifts given to King Jesus. But I do know this. In the Old Testament, all of those things are associated with a king. They're all gifts worthy of a king. They're all things that you would find in the presence of a king. And so these wise men, these magi, these foreigners travel through time. They travel from east to west. They come into the presence of this king. They're so pleased to see him and they bring him a gift worthy of him. They don't bring him a gift based on how they're feeling. 
They didn't bring him a gift based on their circumstances. They didn't bring him a gift based on the culture they come from. They brought him a gift that was worthy of him. No demand was made on them. This was a voluntary response to who they'd met and what they'd seen. So let me ask you today, however you're watching, wherever you're listening, have you been moved by the king? Have your plans and your priorities, have your home and your habits been affected by seeing the Lord Jesus? You see, there's much for us to learn about the kingdom of this king. There's much for us to appreciate about his love for us and his choice of us. (laughs) There's much for us to enjoy as we explore our rights and responsibilities in this kingdom. There's much for us to do as the church, as we understand that the crown jewel in the kingdom is the church that Jesus is building. Oh, there's such an adventure for us to go on. But before we do any of that, there's a king. He's wonderful. He's worthy of our worship. He's worth responding to and pursuing with all our hearts. And in the midst of what is an unusual, a busy, a unique, a hard season for so many, let's take a moment today, let's take moments throughout our week to worship that king, to honor him. Let's be those who say, we've seen him and we have come to worship him. We trust you have been encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to get connected, you can write to us at hello at allnationschurch.org.uk or call us on 029-2052-4125. Thank you so much for tuning in.